This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! This week, I go retro with my review of The Messenger and the recently released Panzer Paladin for the Nintendo Switch and PC. Plus, news on part two of Final Fantasy VII Remake and George Decay joins the cast of a popular Sega game series. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. and welcome back to another episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah hope everybody's having a great and safe week uh i will not lie it is hot as all hell out here it's you know the heat waves coming we're finally getting some thunderstorms but it's not really doing a damn even worse is that because i'm recording this show i can't turn on any fans or air conditioner due to the fact that it distorts the sound so i am in an oven right now in a sauna if you will and we're going to get through it because i want to talk about what is going on in the world of our gaming uh industry and also some great news to talk about as well as our final stage review of the messenger and panzer Paladin, two retro games that or modern day retro games i should say that uh i've gotten a chance to play i'm really mad at myself first of all i should have i should i don't know if i'm really gonna say i want to apologize but I feel bad because the messenger has been out for quite some time and I said I was going to play this game a long time ago and I'm kicking myself. But we're going to talk about that in our final stage review as to why I feel bad I didn't play this game sooner. Uh, Panzerpolitan also just came out this week, so we're going to talk about that as well um, and uh, some other things. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to. Oh, by the way, can I I forgot to mention this is actually comic-con week um you know what normally was the mecca of all things anime comics movies and games has they've kind of you know went a different direction they rebranded themselves they're now known as comic-con at home at least until this pandemic is over we get some vaccines in and people are safe enough to be in one of the biggest events of the year so kudos to them because we're going to talk about that on sunday we're going to run down all of the panels and so well not all of the panels there's a hell of a lot of panels we're not going to run all of them down but we're going to talk about uh my thoughts on uh whether this deal was successful or not because they're giving away a lot of the panels that you would normally see in a live event and they're doing it virtually online via youtube you could go check them out right now uh well make sure you check the times because it's uh it's pdt or uh, or pst uh pacific standard time so if you're in the east coast you gotta do the three hour difference from that but they have a ton of great panels that you can watch and they're just letting getting away for free i know there's some loss of um there's a loss of money in this doing this but 
you know, it, from the kindness of their heart, I guess they decided to do this in the midst of everything that's going on. And we we need it. So we're going to that's going to be Sunday's show. It's going to be all about that. And the contrast and comparisons between the virtual panels and the live event, the live experience as well. So we'll talk about that and uh, cover that as well. But we do have some news to talk about, some very interesting news that uh, came about this week, including Star Trek's George Takei, the legend himself, is joining the cast of Yakuza like a dragon. And Takei will play the role of uh masumi arakawa which uh who is the mentor of the main character uh i do want to note that this is the first time since the original yakuza game and i could i thought that the game uh had audio but this is the first time since the original yakuza game that it will be fully with an english voice cast in here and george takei is going to be one of them they haven't announced any other known actors in here but i, I believe they're actually sega is actually putting in a heavy investment in here especially getting george takei to play in this uh series as well this is awesome this is absolutely awesome and um the game is said to go in a different direction than the traditional yakuza games as well in which this will be sort of a Japanese RPG style beat 'em up for um form of gameplay. It, they did say that they were going to have some of the same familiar traditional forms of gameplay in there, but because the character and the method of this is based on a character who is named uh Kagura Ichiban, uh he is a big fan of JRPGs. So whenever he goes into fights, he imagines himself within the structure of a jrpg so that's how you're going to be fighting in the game now me being not a fan of turn-based rpgs this is going to be interesting because i love the yakuza series but i'm not particular of particularly a fan of rpgs i've said it a lot in this show however i am giving it a chance on a few occasions and trust me next week or the week after the show is going to definitely play that fact uh, uh based on what i'm going to be reviewing uh next week which is uh fairy tale and that's a that's a turn base as well so that's going to be my kick so now they're doing it and and, and mix with a mixture of hopefully the qte uh system is still in there as well and you know it will you know revert or transition over to the brawl beat em up style that is used to as well and just mix it up if they mix it up i'm down with it i could do that i could do a little bit of turn base and then go back and forth into it but if it's fully turn base i may be a little bit turned off because i saw some of the footage of it and it's basically going to be it the system is interesting because it's gonna you know allow you to you know recruit other members into your crew and you're going to control all those members into a fight into a battle and such so there's some things that are going to be added but it's going to change it's going to really change it um in an interview with ign rgg studios executive director uh toshihiro uh negoshi and chief producer masayoshi yako uh yokohama discuss why the series decided to distribute the game with an original japanese voice cast after the original had a full voice uh uh, english voice cast on there and you know uh negoshi-san mentioned that they felt that the team thought it would be great for uh if the western audience to accept the game as it is and 
I, that's what I figured that they were going to do. Um, they wanted because it's based in Japan, and you know, I and I get it. It's based in Japan. They wanted to give that full experience. So, and honestly, as much as I do love a good audio voice cast, this is the one game I did not mind them actually doing that the way they did and not catering to us by localizing this uh the games but i'm also not opposed to them doing a full voice cast as well i welcome it and wholeheartedly especially when you're going to have great talent like george decay and in, in it as well so uh but i love i definitely love um yakuza 6 which i believe was the very fir actually first yakuza game i beat and that was mostly due to the motivation of seeing the new japan pro wrestling uh you know cast on there as well making cameo appearances which that is still one of my if, officially right now that's still one of my favorite yakuza games and i still gotta play judgment too that's one game i have not played but uh i believe that may if i'm correct i believe that also has a voice cast as well but it's not really considered a yakuza game it's considered a spinoff to that game so um but if you really connect it that's the actual other game that would be considered uh so that is the situation with that um they do appreciate how western fans resonated with the series i agree i mean i agree i think like there's a niche crowd with that and they've even said that they actually admitted that they say while uh it has been accepted it's still not a global mega hit it's niche very japanese game with a unique flavor and that was quoted by um nagoshi uh son and I've, I, you know, I always have a great respect for companies that don't try to, you know, pull the wool over your eyes and really tell you straight up, like, we're not the best. We're doing what we can. We created something really cool, but it's not there where we want it. That's exactly what he did. I wish other certain particular companies would do that. Instead, they, they tend to hide a lot of things and not every some things are just transparent you can't lie about it and it's true it is true the yakuza as great as the yakuza games are as phenomenal as the yakuza games are they don't cater to everybody and a lot of that is because it's not localized and it's not even promoted you know for to be for a broader audience uh they're looking to do that with this new series with the new protagonist and such so i'm i'm very interested in this game and uh i look so much I, I very much look forward to playing this and checking it out when it arrives on the playstation uh i was it is coming out for the playstation 4 and 5 as well as the xbox one and series x as well so it's already um getting ready for the next generation of gaming itself so i'm down with this so let's talk some final fantasy 7 remake news you know, during the pandemic and COVID-19, a lot of companies had to hold back on development on certain games. Uh, and I think one of the uh, examples was Marvel Avengers, which now is set to be on time and on the roll and is set for a September release. But also people were wondering, myself included, about Final Fantasy VII Remake because the word was that we were expected to get this game in development immediately after the release of the other one and you know COVID-19 kind of put a damper on that but the developers were working on it while at home but I all but also <laughs> stop saying but a lot um what they're doing now is that they they've fully been able to 
enter development with the second part of this game and i am i cannot be happier i hope that they can pro, uh, keep going we don't know what stage they're on how long is this going to take um i talked to people on our acmg facebook group who felt like this thing's going to come i'm like you got to take account this is square enix this thing can possibly take up to maybe a year or so <laughs> to get there and then when you add COVID 19 to it it may take longer but you know square enix is a company that is not known for you know getting out games quickly they're known for making sure that the game is as tightly beautiful as possible and like final fantasy 15 took forever to come out and when it did it was one of the best things ever i love that game um i can't speak for kingdom hearts in my personal opinion it was it was a great game but it was it didn't it, it i think that they they reached over the limit of taking too long for that game to come out and then when it came out it was just like eh, meh <laughs> um but this game i think be, due to the circumstances of everything i think I, this will possibly help them want to make this game come out faster you know, uh, this news was announced after a 15 page interview on uh, Famitsu uh, and they guaranteed that this is in full development and we're going to get this out as soon as possible. And hopefully as soon as possible will mean 2021. I don't think or even I I have reason to believe that it's coming out in 2022 I, because they want to make sure everything is going to be great and tight. But we'll see we don't know what stage they're in but we just the good thing is that they're fully working on this game and i couldn't be happier about it because this so far is my game of the year still um and i actually put out a question on the acmg facebook group asking about what was everybody's uh you know where during the first half of the year what is everybody's favorite game and the majority of people who commented on there said final fantasy remake uh we had one or two people say something somebody said man eater and i looked at i didn't even know what that was i looked it up and apparently it's a game about sharks and i looked at the ratings on it and it didn't really it, it, it didn't really mention anything like any good reviews on that game so i mean i don't know if that was a trolling answer or not or whatever but uh, he that's what he want that's what he want um another person put ghost of shishima on there which you know that's getting a lot of reviews too the funny thing about it is that we in our country or in the world we now have a short attention span and we live in a short attention society so once something is out of sight out of mind and the new big thing comes and last of us was also one but even though that people were a little bit um people were a little bit pissed off about that game for some reason i didn't know i forgot why um but that if there was people who were giving that good reviews and other people who had mixed feelings about some of the things that happened in that game ghost of shishima is just the next big pretty looking thing out here as well uh, a lot of people loved it as well but also you know i talked about that last week about how i felt about it and there were a few people who gave it lower you know some subpar reviews as well um so that is going to be the one that's in people's mind right now because it's fresh but when you look back 
Final Fantasy had so much going for it. I mean, the anticipation. Um, it had the anticipation going for it. It had the, you know, the uh, the expanded universe, and I mean, it, it's just it was just great. And then followed by the phenomenal soundtrack that this had as well. Um, there were people. <laughs> I had I had one of those uh, type of conversations with people about like the the minority the vocal minority of people who didn't like the game because it didn't match up to fully to the game to the original game and you know that's that's fine it, that's just what they felt and not everybody's gonna like it not everybody is deemed to like it nobody it, no game or no movie or anything is gonna be perfectly critically liked by everybody but it's the reason why you don't like it which makes a big deal in some cases so one of the people on our uh facebook group uh who who admitted that they never played the game felt that they didn't uh they were disappointed by the fact that it was split into threes but the other the original game was split into threes and it took it took until like decades later for them to be able to compact the entire game into one experience so i mean it's the times and you gotta think final fantasy 7 remake was expanded to an enormous if you look like like i said when i first reviewed the game when i look back and reviewed the game and i still say this today because i played the game i played the game on a nintendo switch yesterday by the way side note for those who own a nintendo switch there is a huge sale going on in the nintendo eShop right now i should uh add that and um some of the games especially capcom games i think are like 50 or 60 percent off uh square enix games uh are uh, half off as well I believe uh final fantasy 7 was only 7.99 so it was like i'm jumping on it um i played that game for a bit again and what i noticed from the last time is that after playing you know final fantasy 7 remake twice is that they did flesh out the game more which i think makes for a better experience so if you play that and if you recently played the original game you'll know how much more detail attention to detail and storyline and narrative that they added onto the game because they had to like the game is too short the original game was actually way too short i got to certain areas in the original game where i played the remake and they stretched it out so long that it gave it more uh depth to the game experience so i don't understand when people are getting pissed off i doubt that one they actually have played the game or two they have played the original recently because the original literally the original game is now no more than a storyboard version of what this game is i after playing this i not only like i love the remake version better be, not just because of the graphics not because of the gameplay which that's that was a huge you know deal for me that they added a action-based uh deal and turn-based as well for those who like tradition but that they fleshed it out more they added some a lot more continuity to it because once i got to the heiress uh part of it i swear to goodness it only took me like an hour to get to the part where i meet with heiress and you know uh reno and and the turks come in whereas i played the 
the remake version, I think it took me like two to three hours or so to get to that part. And I mean, so much of it was just stretched out. The part when they go back to the uh, the, the Mako reactor and they actually, you know, do this, this little mini game sequence where Barrett, Tifa and Cloud have to all synchronize the controls together. That little area stretched out far more um further into the remake version so you didn't get to that part so i like the way that they did this and i challenge anybody who disagrees with that you can't it's no way i i I, there's no way you could say that the the, um the original is better than the remake it's so much more you know improvements done with the remake that bring that fully fleshes out what they were intending to do you know, so I, the arguments that people are making to me, some comes, comes off a little bit half-ass. And if they actually play the game, if they actually take the time to play the game and one of the, uh, somebody else claimed that they did, you know, play the game, but didn't like it. And that's, and I respect it, but you got to understand how, why they had to do what they did. And you, once you play both of them, recently currently because i think a lot of people are looking at nostalgic gargles when they think about that and they haven't really played the game recently to really get that understanding once you play both of them you know recently or back to back you will understand why they why they did what they did and that's you also got to understand that majority of fans and critics love that game there's always going to be a vocal minority of people who are not going to dig the game or choose or contrary you know from a contrarian standpoint will not like the game they're gonna they're gonna refuse the game regardless just for the sake of rebelling and even if the game is really good like and and, and if you don't like it that's fine i just talked about how i, I wasn't feeling ghost of shishima last week but the difference is, is that that does just because i personally don't like dig it and don't feel it and don't want to invest in it does not mean that that game is not a great game that's the difference i recognize that that game is considered a great game that people love the game that that game does have a merit of quality that is worthy of being a game of the year candidate i just feel like the genre base and some of the things that i saw from the game i wasn't digging but it doesn't mean that it's not a game that everybody's going to enjoy or they shouldn't enjoy that's just my personal opinion my single opinion so I'm part of that vocal minority on that aspect, but that doesn't mean that that's just based on personal opinion. I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong about getting the game or the game is bad. No, the game is just something I'm not digging. Doesn't mean it's not a great game. So kudos to Square Enix for actually getting uh, back to work on that and, you know, cross fingers on hopefully a 2021 release uh, date on that. And uh, we'll see. It'll be a great thing to come out for 2021 but i got my odds on 2022 with that so we'll see last bit of news that i have is another game that i am extremely anticipating i talked about this game uh it's one of the bandai namco games that i am really hyped about anime based games that is captain subasa and uh rise of the new champions who just recently had a video uh package that presented their online features and a little bit more cool things happening here i'm not normally an online gamer but 
This kind of intrigued me just a bit, and here's why. The game will include an online versus mode where you can conquer rivals around the world. So you're gonna create your own team, being somewhat of a legit online league here. You can play up to four players where you can play a two-on-two matchup. Uh, you will also have the opportunity to build your own team and edit Dream Team, which is their creative suite, believe it or not. I did not know that this was going to be added. Uh, edit Dream Team mode will allow you to create your own athletes as well as stats and more. So you will have uh, you will be able actually to acquire custom uh, and training items and with using in-game points. So there will be it looks like they're saying that there will be no microtransactions in this, which is also great as well. The game arrives on August 28th for the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch and PC. And let me tell you, I am looking forward to this because it looks fantastic. I never had a chance to I never saw the Captain uh, Subasa anime series or may or read the manga but i actually do have the game on uh on ios there's an ios version of it but you know ios games or mobile games are so so stupid and complex and tiresome it's it's tedious to be honest just because they had they add so many options and and um configurations and controls just because just all because they want you to uh, you know, buy in-app purchases and stuff like that. And it just, stuff like that always turns me off. So I never really played that game, but I'm so happy that they're doing a actual video, a legit video game series. I, you know, I'm, it's hard for me to really call mobile game legit because their whole purpose is not for you to enjoy the game. It's for you to buy in on it. So they're doing a legit game here and i i can't wait august 28th can't come fast enough here so uh i'm looking forward to it and hopefully we'll get to see more from this game as it you know uh gets closer to that release date so folks that will do it for this portion of select start we're going to take a break come back i'm going to get some air but when i come back i'm going to review the messenger and panzer paladin both really cool retro games and uh we're going to talk about why you should check it out we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live!
are going retro with our final stage review, and we are going to review two games, one of which is The Messenger and Panzerpolitan, which recently came out this week. I'm going to start with The Messenger because I'm technically eating crow here, proverbially. And I'm also kicking myself an ass for not playing this game sooner. And a lot of that had to do with me being afraid to play this game due to my past experience with the game that is kind of spoofing off of, and that is Ninja Gaiden. If anybody's played the original three Ninja Gaiden games, which I absolutely loved, but never finished, <laughs> they know that that game was meant to be hard as hell to play. I didn't get for, I look, they have the game on Nintendo Online right now, and I still can't play it, even if they take me to the final stage. You know, there's a special version which they take you to the final stage. And this part always kills me because I want to beat that game, but I all oh, it it it's one of those games that you have to be a kid to play because you can you have as a kid, you're not easily pissed off. As an adult, with everything going on around the world, you're easily get agitated and pissed off at this game experience. So I hesitated to play The Messenger off on the idea that they were really trying to play off of the Ninja Gaiden type of thing. Everything about it looks like Ninja Gaiden, but until you play it. When you play it, you realize that this is nowhere near what they did. And there is some, there is, I think it's half the challenge of what I played in Ninja Gaiden, which is good because it's still challenging, yet not too challenging that you can't get through it eventually when you start figuring out. I think that they were more successful in terms of uh, playability and fluidity in the game that allows you to be able to get throughout, you know, certain angles once you really, really put, you know, a little bit effort, not an extreme amount of effort as you would with the Ninja Gaiden games. So, there's a percentage of people who um, did not beat those uh, the first three games on a Nintendo. Um, and that's a fact. That The game was way too damn hard. Some people were able, because they were a little bit more dedicated. I was not one of those people. But what I found very pleasing about the game is the control scheme, is the playability, is the entertainment factor. This game, again, is not a clone. This is a spoof off of the Ninja Gaiden series, and I love it. This, the story of the game takes you through a journey of a ninja who survived the, the onslaught of the Demon King who destroyed his entire village, along with the entire ninja clan with it. He is then chosen by the mess, uh, to be the messenger by a Western hero to deliver a secret scroll to the top of a sacred mountain. While on this adventure, he comes across many demons that will try to stop him along the way while he holds the scroll and they try to take the scroll from him. During this journey, the messenger will also come across a shopkeeper, which I think is the MVP of this game, period, who will aid you uh, along the way to in order to defeat the Demon King and his legion and get revenge of him destroying and killing all of the ninja clan itself. Really cool, simple easy to understand story and narrative um we're going to talk about the gameplay very reminiscent of ninja gaiden yet there is an rpg element that resembles uh nes games like like strider which was one of my favorite 
like people don't understand the original like i don't think it's the original strider but the strider game on the nes i feel like it was so much better than the arcade version that everybody loved because there was a story there was some rpg elements there was a you know there was character direction in that version i don't think that version gets enough credit but it looks like the people behind the messenger were fans of it as well because they do pick up some of the uh elements of that game as well as uh bionic commando as well so which both were capcom games i might add while the game does provide some challenge it doesn't overwhelm you like i mentioned so that's a big big plus for me uh and it's very enjoyable because of it the addition of new techniques that you earn provide a better flow and balance especially when you learn to master them as well uh and trust me i'm still learning to master them it's not easy because you have the the cloud skipping button i mean technique that you have and it's it's all it's odd because you have to master using two uh, button combinations in order to do it but eventually you will get through it and be able to master it. but some people i know have mastered that technique a lot better so it does give you the urge to want to master it in a sense but not frustrate you because you're losing all the time when you lose it doesn't feel frustrating and that's the part i really enjoy about this as well as you run deeper into this game though uh you will play in a side scrolling adventure which will then transition to a metroidvania style of gameplay which allows you to revisit games uh revisit the stages in the game using the map which by the way when you figure out how that you have the map the entire time it's hilarious how they brought that in um and it has a map to help you find your destination and even find green uh green medallions throughout the entire uh map which will unlock a secret chest pending that you have the right amount of medallions in there so i mean a lot of there's a lot to look into there's a lot of deep gameplay in this uh just what you would expect from a game like this so pretty awesome visuals uh the game starts off in eight like an eight bit throwback but during the second half of the game you will eventually have the ability to time travel which will improve the entire presentation of the game into a six really beautiful 16-bit visual design uh both visual designs look great in my opinion uh even though even even i uh, thought that this is a retro game that is leaps and bounds uh more detailed than games of the past you know I, and i think a lot of that has to do with uh just the uh, the ability of the new systems these days so you're able to add a little bit more texture a little bit more uh you know uh, color scheme to it and you know just uh, layering in there and such like that so uh, i love what they did with this game absolutely you could tell they put a lot of attention to details of this game but one of the most endearing and entertaining things about this game is the comedy absolutely one of the most entertaining aspects of this game is the writing in this game uh instead of this game being like another dark and action-packed adventure that you normally like a cliche action game that you a side-scrolling game that you played before this is met with a lot of comedy satire that fans of adult swim would enjoy and i'm a fan of adult swim you know rick and morty and all that stuff this plays on that on that you know style uh there's a lot of fourth wall breaking uh when you encounter enemies and especially when you talk to the the shopkeeper the shopkeeper is by far my favorite character i wish i could say of 2018 and 19 but i didn't play this game enough if i did this this shopkeeper is gold one of my favorite lines 
two of my favorite lines that he talks about is when the messenger the, uh, the ninja himself is asking like he uh he feels that he's done his journey he's everything's done and the shopkeeper like wait you think you're done wait you didn't see the trailer <laughs> and i had to go back and look at the trailer i'm like oh that's that's hilarious because the trailer does show more than what i've been through during that experience this far so that fourth wall breaking right there and then another line that he's that the shopkeeper said because every so often you're asking the shopkeeper to tell you stories and i didn't understand why all these stories were asked and come about and there is a reason for that during the uh second half of the game uh of the original game for that matter and that's hilarious and it's all right i absolutely this game was just so well written and his response to that is like there's a story of a ninja who keeps asking me for, uh to ask him stories when he should be focusing on the journey itself and the, the the camaraderie between the ninja and the shopkeeper are just hilarious I, I it's one of the most intriguing dynamics i've seen in video games in a long time um not only that but the studio also the studios behind it and the game developers uh, the game developers behind it also provide a free dlc expansion adventure that has you traveling to an island which is in an alternate timeline to rescue what i believe is called the Fo the phobikins uh, who were kidnapped so you have picnic panic that you have to play with right after that which was released in 2019 so overall i love this game this game is absolutely awesome i am so glad that i took the step i approached this almost like something like somebody approaching a double dutch rope hoping not to get hit but i took the chance got in and i was met with a lot of surprise in this sense. overall if you have not played this game yet uh, if you have not been into retro games i think this is a great game to check out for a retro game that you want to get into and enjoy and, and just the just the narrative and uh dialogue and this whole thing is just absolutely awesome and the fact that you're traveling into both 8-bit and 16-bit which is stunning how they put this together and you can only do this in this day and age like i don't even think the sega genesis or the uh super nintendo will be able to I don't know if they will be able to pull it off, but the mindset of this game is just eons ahead of itself. If this game, when it came out back then, I can't even imagine what we'd be saying about this game now. You know, it, it, this game would have been one of the greatest of all time. I I think it's just damned because of the times, uh, but oh, this game would have easily been one of the greatest games of all time in the 80s and the 90s bar none uh during the 16-bit era as well so uh if i'm gonna give this a grade this this absolutely gives a solid a for me uh i i, I think it's awesome i think they did a great job it's worth just playing through uh just to talk and talk to the enemies or the people he comes across and the dialogue that goes on there but again this is a game that's you know if you're trying to compare this to ninja gaiden the original series you really can't because it is a pleasantly well played game experience than it was for that and even if you lose you don't get frustrated you just keep going until you get it and you're that's the way i felt ninja gate ninja gaiden should have been but the creator of that series is a very arrogant tool <laughs> that is that is absolutely heavily documented that guy has such an ego and which is why he left uh he left uh tecmo 
to do whatever the hell he's doing right now. Uh, it, I believe he left during uh, dead or one of the Dead or Alive games and the Ninja Gaiden games. And, they, and when they, the minute that he left, they downplayed the difficulty levels in all those games. So you know, it, it was better. It was better off without him. I mean, his ego was just way over, way like damn near you know Kanye level to this extent. But I, I would be, I, you know, I think it was actually worse to be honest. So. Yeah, great A for that. Uh, love that game. Go out of your way to check it out. It's on every system at this point, and you dare not miss it. I, I guarantee you when the second, if part two comes in, I'm all for it. I'm jumping on it. So then this week we have Panzer Paladin, which is a hybrid retro game that pays homage or, or, homage, or homage to 2D, 2D side-scroller games like Mega Man and Blaster Master, believe it or not. Um, this game just came out this week, and it is an exclusive for the Nintendo Switch as far as game consoles is concerned, and it is also on a PC as well, or Steam, if you will, so you could get it there as well if you play on the Steam and such. Uh, much like the Mega Man uh, series, you will be able to fight your way through stages and enemies that, you, you know, you could choose any stage you want randomly uh, and go through many hordes of enemies as your paladin pilots a mech powered armor known as grit. Now, the story behind this is basically, according to the official website, is that the sinister, the sinister ravenous and his legion, uh, his legion's of brutal demons are poised to uh, battle or for battle. Actually, uh, the situation is dire, but humanity has one final ace in the hole. The pa- the Panzer Paladin. Uh, it's up to a it's up to a rescue android named Flame, which is the female looking character. I didn't know that she was an android um, to pilot the Paladin named Grit and track down all the diabolical weapon keepers uh the showdown between the forces of the occult and the power of cutting edge technology has begun seize weapons from the demonic invaders and use your swordsmanship to slash bash and thrust your way through 17 mind-blowing levels hop in your palatin and take off and take arms so Another great and simple storyline here. Very reminiscent of old, uh, you know, Voltron and Transor Z or Messenger Z type storylines. I really enjoyed this game. This game was easy to play, fun to play. Um, there is some learning thing. There's some challenging stages and challenging bosses, but not so challenging that you can't get through it. So I, I, the experience alone, I really enjoyed the gameplay. Uh, like I said, uh, the twist with pa- uh, Panzer Paladin here is that you gain extra abilities after you defeat, uh, or I should say you don't actually, because normally it's the Mega Man formula that, you know, you beat up certain, uh, boss and you gain their power. No, they went a total different direction. There's a twist to this and that you do not gain extra abilities. Instead, you fight uh, using weapons that you find while going through the stages or by defeating enemies. Um, normal enemies, not boss enemies, I should say. These weapons you find are only temporarily, which uh, will include a gauge that will deplete the more times that you use uh, that you use the weapon on enemies. Each weapon also provides a special ability that will activate if you break them. So. The key here is to break the weapons before 
the gauge depletes. You could use them to hack and slash through enemies, but eventually when it gets closer to the end, you want to break it and use the ability because the idea is if you don't, it will just break and you'll never have the, the chance to use it. And sometimes if your energy depletes, it may be advantageous for you to do so. Um, breaking them will gain such abilities as extra X, uh, HP for your gauge, adding attack power, defense, and more. There's so many more different abilities with this. So that I like the, the new concept. This is a totally fresh, different concept to an old formulaic type of experience. Um, you can also throw weapons at enemies as well, but I wouldn't recommend it because you may actually need that weapon uh, down the line for other than just, you know, breaking it for abilities. You will also be able to use the weapons for checkpoints to keep you uh, from starting at the very beginning of the stage as well. So uh, one of the coolest features of this game is the ability to have your paladin exit or eject from herself from the grid uh, to attack enemies, which on uh, which uh, has the well, she has the ability to actually use a whip and the whip is like a it's like a little uh, laser whip, if you will. So which logically, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> um, the whip will allow you to swing through latches and even uh, enter small areas to recharge your grit you can all the whip is also very powerful and it, you can use it to um ward off or attack enemies and defeat enemies with it if you completely damage your grit uh armor you will it will explode a la daemon x machina if you remember uh playing if you remember i've reviewed that game same thing happens if you're um if you're mech actually you know explodes or be, uh, gets badly damaged your pilot actually jumps out and you can use your pilot to you know destroy any uh enemies out there if you are skilled enough to do it the same thing here because your piloting escapes out of there or you can eject out of there anytime but the risk that you take is that the gauge for the piloton is very short so which I like this idea. It makes it makes perfect sense. Uh, the logic of that, because you don't have the same power as the as the armor that you pilot. And that means if you get hit by an actual monster who is scaled much bigger than you, which means is much stronger than you, it takes off a lot of energy the minute that you get hit. So you have to be careful. You can somehow beat a boss character using just a paladin, because if you manage to take down the enemy, uh, the boss character uh enough and deplete their energy down but you then lose your energy you can somehow use your paladin to destroy the boss character and still be able to defeat that stage and beat the stage that way so there is a handicap and a challenge to that that i love here and it it's not relying on totally just one aspect of it uh the control scheme here is a bit reminiscent of DuckTales as well because you can also use the weapons that you acquire to pogo off enemies, defeating them that way. So they little, paid a little homage that there's no other game that does that or no other game that has done it since DuckTales. DuckTales is the only game that does it. So that, I felt like they were putting uh, giving a wink-wink to that type of uh, atmosphere. Then you also have other modes in the game like Blacksmith because when you complete a stage, you will be able to upgrade your grit armor so you could gain more XP and you do that by submitting the weapons you acquire during each stage, uh, pinning that you have. And if you gain enough, 
you will level up to another gauge. Now, there is a maximum that you reach, and once you reach the maximum, uh, you will be able to beat enemies on stage a lot better because it takes longer for them to deplete, deplete your entire grit energy here. So there's also a mode that allows you to create your own weapons as well, which I thought was really cool. There's a lot of like a sort of a pixel design. So once you create your own weapon, which I did, I kind of made like the Voltron sword here, which looked really cool. Um, you will be able to share that with others online. So uh, the presentation, let's talk about that. While the game doesn't provide eye, you know, eye pop in detail uh, like you saw on the messenger, the game provides a charm of nostalgia that made the Nintendo Entertainment System such a great system at the time. Uh, if I have one negative about this game, it will be the color scheme because when I the cover art is awesome, the cover art is beautiful, but the constant use of orange. It really takes away. I wish they would have found a better color scheme than orange and gray because it 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 makes it bland. Like it, in some in some parts of the sprites, it looks like it blends right into the background, and that's the part. It, it just didn't pop out to me. Um, whereas, like if you watch, if you look at the messenger, you know he's a few shades, a few hues of orange or uh, or blue, but it stands out uh, better. In black, like they're like if if anybody's taken color theory before, they know that you know complementary. There's a there's a, a certain color uh, contrast that you have to do. Whereas you put one color up to another one, where it makes the other color pop out better. And I don't feel like they did they they didn't use the palette choices with this game as well as they could have. Um, like it's almost like they didn't look at a color wheel and just like, okay, we could have used this and this would have popped out better or something. It, it just looks like a, a lot of use of orange throughout the game and some state in certain stages, it, it looks great and other stages, it looks like it blends in. So it's not exactly when, you know, it doesn't feel like it balanced off that great when it comes to that. But one of the coolest aspects of the game is the actual, animated cutscenes uh that you see between stages like again i mentioned this about the messenger if this game was released in the 80s it would have actually been a classic because of how much cool stuff that they have in here and the color and the cutscenes was something that excited all of us because before we got all of the actual games that we have today seeing something like that w was revolutionary you know and seeing because the limitation we understood the limitations of the nes and we didn't have anything like the playstation 4 or even three or even two at the time for us to give us an advance the closest thing we had during the time of the game like this would have been out would possibly have been like the sega genesis 32x or the sega cd that would be what that would have been able to produce something this of this nature um and i remember the game that i used to Oh, I used to love it was uh, I believe wise I believe wise was the game that I loved because they were able to do I believe they had some form of voice acting in there and then also there were some some uh, retro 16-bit animated scenes in there 
pretty much like gifts, if you <laughs> if you will, um, that was in here, and it was just so awesome to see at the time. And it this game reminded me of that type of thing. So, I mean, overall, this Panzerpalatin is a great amount of fun that plays on a lot of classic genres but still manages to stand out on its own maybe not visually per se but definitely you know overall experience the lack of good color scheme doesn't take away from the great gameplay control scheme or animated retro cut scenes that the game provides but because of that bland type of look and feel uh the, you know the bland visuals i would give this as far as a grade just a b plus and I think if they would have had a better control color scheme for this or allowed you to change the color palette of the uh, of your grit armor, I think this would have been a better, better looking game of that. But otherwise, this game is awesome. I love it. Very easy, fun to play. Um, if you haven't checked it out, go out of your way to check it out. Is it Overall, it's a, it's a really great game. And I, I hopefully they'll do another one down the line or even do one in um, 16 bit either. I wouldn't mind them doing that as well. So folks that will do it this is it uh that will do it for the another great episode of select start uh again i want to take time to thank the podbean community because they have been awesome we are now at four 1.4k followers on that site um we have now approximately have over uh 1400 uh followers on that group and they, the people have been supporting this a lot more and I, I can't thank you enough this has been awesome uh i'm looking forward this it's continuing to grow as we speak on that platform so thank you so much for that uh and i got some news to talk about uh this week because we do have i, I well i won't announce it here but we do have a lock on my next exclusive guest on the podcast and anime fans again Get ready, because uh, one of your favorite characters on one of the best anime series of all time will be on a show in August. So I will probably, I will most likely announce that on Sunday when we talk about uh, the San Diego, or I can't say San Diego Comic Con when we talk about the Comic Con at Home edition of the show. So um, yeah, let's we'll talk about that there, but. Uh, that's one set of news that we're going to talk about. The second set of news that I am proud to announce is that we are now on TuneIn, which I believe is associated with uh, Amazon. And in the case, so you can hear it on the uh, Alec- the Amazon Alexa um, devices as well. Uh, we recently uh, combined with them. We're now that's another new platform here. I used to listen to TuneIn because I would listen to a lot of sports radio on tune in live and uh wrestling observer radio is on air where brian alvarez and mike sefervivi is on air as well that you can listen to well now you can also listen to uh episodes of talk time live if you tune in on air so we're we're now everywhere we're also on spotify iHeartRadio, radio uh, apple podcast google podcast podbean stitcher pocket cast and you can I, I can't even say all amazon devices now i can now say uh tune in because that is connected with that and i have in fact uh, if you own an amazon uh alexa device all you got to say is alexa 
play ACMG Presents Talk Time Live podcast and it'll come up. The recent episode will come up and you can check it out there and keep up with all of that. So uh, this is awesome. I, I absolutely love all of this and we're going to continue to grow and uh, just enjoy all things anime, comics, movies, and games here. Again, this week we will absolutely check out and run down the Comic-Con at home experience here. So uh, get ready for that. And then... I'm trying to debate whether I am going to have another select start next uh, week or skip to the week uh, prior to. I know next week uh, we're going to be doing Transformers War of Cybertron. That is definite. But the reason why I skip, may skip on select start next week is because the game that I'm going to uh, actually review comes out on that Friday. So I'm going to need time to play that game. And that's Fairy Tale. Uh, so we're going to check that out probably the week after. But Warren Cybertron, I believe, comes out uh, this next week. And I am so looking forward to that. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. So, folks, thank you once again. That, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Decide saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here, folks. Please stay safe. Keep cool and mask up. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.